because what you don't know about energy can kill you. Here's Alex Epstein. Welcome to Power Hour. I'm Alex Epstein. Uh, Today is going to be an unusual episode of the show, but I hope a really good one. Uh, Instead of interviewing somebody, I'm going to share a presentation that I gave recently. Uh, Specifically, it was with a group of private, a private group rather of energy champions, uh, what I call energy champions. I'll talk about what that means in a second. Um, And it's on how to create very effective messaging about energy, particularly what I call concise, retainable messaging uh, about energy. Now, uh, you can probably tell my voice is a little off today, so I'm not going to talk too much. I'm recovering from sickness. I'm totally fine, but my voice sometimes gets trashed in these circumstances. Um, but yeah, let me tell you about this uh, episode and uh, the content. So it's really about this idea of concise, retainable messaging. And before I get into that, I want to tell you about this group because it may be a group that you want to join or it may be a group that you know somebody who might want to join. So as I said, it's a private group of energy champions. And I consider an energy champion, somebody who's pro-energy, pro-freedom, and then spends five or more hours a week uh, advocating for energy and energy freedom. And I started this group a month or two ago called Energy Champions. And the goal is to help people like this uh, become far, far more effective. Uh, And there are kind of three ways that this happens. One is that uh, on a regular basis, I share with the group what I've found to be the best messaging on the latest energy issues. And that includes environmental quality issues. It of course includes climate issues. I also teach some of my approach to messaging and strategy, which is what I'm gonna be sharing today. And then also I'm available for Q&A. Basically there's a meeting every other week uh, where I share the latest messaging. Sometimes I do a little teaching and then I answer pretty much any questions. Uh, that people have. Now, you might have heard me talk about my energy talking points group. uh, And this is very similar to that, but that's a group that's just for elected officials at a certain level. It's US Congress, uh, US House, rather US Senate and governor's offices. And yeah, that group is going great. We have something like 130 uh, members and we have, you know, a lot of different offices represented. Um, And, you know, that group has provided a lot of value, but I want to be able to provide that value for ultimately thousands of energy uh, champions. So again, an energy champion is somebody who spends five or more hours a week promoting energy and energy freedom. Uh, There's no cost associated with this. Um, And I would just say that, so who are some people that it might apply to? One is think tank members, also activists, trade group members, lobbyists, uh, energy company representatives, elected officials at any level. So I know I have a lot of listeners in the energy industry. You should definitely encourage people at your company who are involved in government relations, in communications, uh, to apply for energy champions because they're going to get a lot of really valuable messaging uh, that I don't think they're going to get. Uh, anywhere else. So how do you apply? It's very easy. Just write me an email directly. So at Alex, write to alex at alexepstein.com, subject energy champions, and then just write a few sentences about what you do and why you'd like to be a part of this group. So again, alex at alexepstein.com, subject energy uh, champions. Okay. And then a few sentences of description. Okay. So whether that group makes sense for you or not, you probably know somebody or know of somebody who might uh, want to join, so tell them. Uh, but even if you don't know anyone uh, associated with this, I think that this 
this uh, content that I shared at a recent Energy Champions meeting will be useful to you because it's all about how do we create concise, retainable uh, messaging on energy. I talk about why I found this so effective, uh, how to do it. And I know people in listening to this are interested in energy, but it should also help you on any other issue you're passionate about. So uh, enjoy this section from Energy Champions, and I'll be back on the other side. Here's the background on this. And it really has to do with this Energy Talking Points project that I gather many of you have heard about. You can check out the website, uh, energytalkingpoints.com. So the, the basic background is a year ago, I really started trying to create content that would be usable by candidates and elected officials. I started this project, I think, in June of 2020. And the most common reaction I got to my standard content was, hey, it's, it's not really usable to us because it's too long and too hard to retain. And it's easy to get defensive about that kind of thing. Uh, but I thought, okay, this will be really interesting. I really do like Twitter. I really do like putting the essentials of things. I need to do that in all kinds of formats. So I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play, I'm going to try to come up with a format that is both really accurate, but also very effective for this kind of purpose. And so what I did is I created these talking points at energytalkingpoints.com. And very deliberately, every point there is Twitter length. So 280 characters or less. And they're not only Twitter length, but they're all self-contained. So if you look at any energy talking point, you can understand it's, it has a certain persuasiveness on its own. It doesn't depend on everything else. It definitely is amplified by other things and it helps amplify other things, but you can read any one of them on its own and it will be clarifying. And I really wanted to make sure of this if I'm working with elected officials, because I don't want them to take one of them out of context and then it be a mess. And it was, you know, it was a, it was a challenge to do this, but once I did it, it was very, very effective. So just, you know, one example, which you can see from the website is like talking points on the so-called climate crisis. So, you know, this is, this is kind of an introductory paragraph, but it's also self-contained. So you could just share it as a tweet and you'd be fine. When you hear scary claims about a climate crisis, keep in mind that climate catastrophists have been claiming climate crisis for 40 years. For example, Obama science advisor, John Holdren predicted in the 1980s that we'd have up to 1 billion climate deaths today. So that is, that's both, it flows into the rest of this, just like an op-ed, but it is also something that's self-contained, that's clarifying on its own. And I found that, you know, two big results. So one is just these talking points are often very persuasive to people. So the biggest success I had were these talking points I made on the Texas blackouts, where if you look at like these had huge Twitter numbers. So if you look at like the Twitter impressions, which is how many times they get seen, it's over two and a half million uh, times. And it was covered by the New York Times and NBC News. And it, it really was amazing. And it was just something I, po I posted it later on energytalkingbytes.com, but it's mainly something I posted on Twitter. So it's just, it was the right message at the right time. And you know, it was very, very effective. Uh, Fox News covered it, Ben Shapiro covered it, uh, et cetera. And then the other thing that I noticed, which is closely related, is that when I could create this concise, um, what are my three, I just need to make sure I'm using the same three words, concise retainable, yeah, retainable is maybe the most important, uh, pro-human messaging, they would be used by others. So just one example is Mark Morano, uh, you know, is a famous kind of climate commentator. He used at least 12 of them in his book and they just, and he said, you know, this works really well because they're just so usable. And the more, so it's not just it's easier to take in for the audience, 
but it's easier to take in for other creators. And I noticed that other people were starting to get better at making the kind of case that I do. So one example was Adam Anderson, who was the guy who stood up to the North Face, the CEO who stood up to the North Face. Like he had a really good note and a lot of it read a lot like the energy talking point stuff. So I found that the more retainable I could make the elements of my message, as well as sometimes summaries of my message, the better, the more effect that I could have. So I've become very obsessed with manufacturing and distributing these talking points. I want to talk about the best themes for concise, retainable messaging, in my view, and the ones that I want to focus on. And then also, um, so I'm going to talk about the best themes, then I talk about the best types of, of messaging. So the themes, it's in the context of, so there's this global narrative on energy that our mental environment is reinforcing constantly, which is we need to rapidly eliminate fossil fuel use and replace it with renewables. That's just the constant thing. And that's really two sub-narratives. One is fossil fuels are causing climate apocalypse. And then two is they're rapidly replaceable by renewables. And that is just constantly reinforced over and over and over and over and over. And I'm trying to create the opposite narrative, the, the true narrative. So narrative is it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the story that we're told about the choices we face and where, and where they're going to bring us. And so right now it's like, oh, we can eliminate fossil fuels and be courageous and everything will be great or we can keep using fossil fuels and then the world is gonna end. And it's like, well, it's basically the opposite of that. If we keep using fossil fuels with the right policies, things will be great. And if we don't, the world is gonna end or something close to that or something in between, you know, if it's, we partially don't use them, which I think is the most likely outcome and, and a bad outcome. So the so I think of this as, okay, there are these eight different elements and one I, I have as a zero because it's a framework type thing. But the overall thing I'm trying to reinforce and that Energy Champions is really about is this idea that global human flourishing requires far more low cost, reliable energy, including fossil fuels. We're in a world that doesn't value energy, that doesn't talk about energy, that doesn't care about billions of people not having energy, that doesn't value low cost, reliable energy for the people who have it. And so that is the, the high idea is no, the world needs much more of this thing that everyone is trying to get rid of and everyone is devaluing, certainly not less of it. And so the, you know, the key, I think the themes that I repeat over and over, these aren't maybe all of them, but they're pretty good. It's pretty good um, uh, itemization of them. So you know, the kind of basic one, the framework one is to make the right decisions. We need to look at the benefits and side effects on human flourishing, which most of our leaders completely fail to do. So that's a theme. Another theme is low cost, reliable energy is essential to human flourishing. Fossil fuels are a uniquely versatile and scalable source of low cost, reliable energy and will remain so for the foreseeable future. The climate side effects of fossil fuels are masterable, not catastrophic. The right policy is liberating all forms of energy, including decriminalizing nuclear green anti-energy policies. Are, so these are the more negative ones. I think it's important to have the positive ones first, logically, but green anti-energy policies are driving up costs and driving down reliability, harming industry and consumers. Green anti-energy policies are depriving po uh, poor people, which are poor people around the world of opportunities. And then proposed propose green anti-energy policies are profoundly immoral and would be catastrophic. So I'd see those as those are the eight sub-themes of this overall true narrative. And so I think of this as these are the themes that need to be reinforced over and over that I try to reinforce over and over and that I think are important to do so. And they need to be reinforced in, in multiple ways. So one is just making the points in a kind of timeless way, which I do a lot of, but also applying it to the news as it emerges. So when people are talking about heat waves, 
it's not just enough to have the general stuff they need to know about, for example, oh, what were heat related like, deaths like 100 years ago, which nobody is talking about. Or you know, well, even what were heat waves like 100 years ago? What were they like in the 30s compared to today? And so it's, it's, it's reinforcing these themes in, in a general way, in a timeless way, but also in a specific way. Okay, so that, those are the themes. Now the question is how do those translate into concise retainable messaging? And I have them divided into about, I guess, eight different categories. And I, I've found this very helpful for myself, so I hope that you find it valuable as well. And most or all of these are helped by the use of, of graphics. I'm very in favor of graphics, not always the best at doing it, but I know some people here are great at that and they can be helpful for all of these or at least almost all of them. So one is, the causal explanation. So, the, and these are all real, again concise, retainable. So, it's giving a concise, retainable explanation of some cause and effect relationship that people need to know to have clarity about energy. So, you know, one of my classic ones is human beings haven't taken a naturally safe climate and made it unnaturally dangerous. We've taken a naturally dangerous climate and made it unnaturally safe. And that's something where it's it's very efficient. It's retainable. It you know I think has an effect. It's it's had a positive effect on a lot of people's thinking. Uh, you know, much more than, you know, much long, more long-winded things. And so this is, you know, this is a more specific version. Fossil fuels have made climate far safer by powering a highly resilient civilization. That's why climate disaster deaths from extreme temperatures, et cetera, have decreased 98%. We'll see that also is combining a causal explanation with a power fact, which is a big thing that I like to do because it, it's, you get the causality and then you get immediately immediate reinforcement. Or, you know, this is another one with wind and solar. Because they're unreliable, they don't replace reliable power plants. They add to the cost of reliable power plants. So really like stuff like that. So, and by the way, the things in blue are the things that I expect to get the most help on. I think those are the things where I'm most lacking, although all of these are valuable. So the power fact is a fact that very powerfully illustrates a theme. So sometimes you can share it on its own or you can share it in, in a connection with causal explanation, but you know, so the CO2 emissions, they've contributed to the warming of the last 170 years, but it's been minor and masterable, one degree Celsius, mostly in cold parts uh, of the world. And our life on earth thrived when CO2 levels were five times today. So that's a collection of power facts, but you know, it's, it's, I think it's a very powerful uh, collection. Or you know, this is the Germany example, or this Elon Musk one, you know, the batteries necessary to store just three days of the world's energy would cost $400 trillion four and a half times global GDP. So those things are really memorable. And this is something I used to not do enough of in terms of having these power facts at the ready. And it's something I still want more of. And I know many people here have those uh, available. So these are just, you know, I need, need to go through all these, but the ones about China, you know, three Texases uh, of development, um, you know, the productivity of a worker in oil, natural gas and coal versus in wind and solar for electricity. like. When you have these, I think you'll notice in your own experience, it really makes you more effective, particularly when you can explain the causal relationships. And it it's, gives you much more credibility, especially if you have good references, which will be necessary. So that is the power fact. And then we had the causal explanation. Then the next one is the story. And again, all of these are doing it in retainable form. And so some of these can't, there's overlap because there can be you know, the power facts are sort of a story and the stories often have facts, but the story is more kind of going into the causality of the facts and makes it particularly powerful. So this one about low cost, reliable energy pr produced by the fossil fuel industry has made humanity so productive that since 1980, the fraction of people living in extreme poverty 
less than $2 a day has gone from more than four in 10 to less than one in 10. And then this is a little more concrete one, you know, Tesla's green jobs debacle at Buffalo. Tesla got almost $1 billion plus artificially low electricity rates at other customers' expense in exchange for a promise of 1,460 jobs. That's over $65,000 a job. This kind of welfare work is totally unsustainable. Or this example in Australia of an Australian recycling company that after 37 profitable years went under when green policies doubled power costs. And I'll highlight with this one in particular, we need so many more good concrete stories about green energy because it's doing so much damage and the mainstream media doesn't cover it. And it's so powerful. I wish I had 10 or 50 times more of these. Another category is um, terminology clarification. So sometimes it's introducing a term. So these days on Twitter, I, I have a refrain a lot, climate mastery is real. So I like introducing that term. I think it's a very powerful term. Uh, this is, I've been lately pushing this idea we should reject what's called ESG and instead have LVC, which is long-term value creation. And so here I'm criticizing the idea of stakeholders, an overly broad term that includes committed enemies. And then I have pursue mutually beneficial relationships, specifically with trading partners and communities in order to serve shareholders. But it's like, I'm using mutually beneficial relationships and then trading partners and communities, not stakeholders, which I think is a deliberately manipulative term. Or of course I have renewables and unreliables. And this is one I'm very big on in terms of just using better terminology and differentiating my terminology. Okay, another one that's key that we always need to have in one form or another is a positive policy. So not just being against things, but having a positive policy. So. You know, this is I'm big on, uh, you know, decriminalizing nuclear, more energy freedom across the board and infrastructure, like liberating the construction of highways. These are just examples of talking points where I'm stating the positive policy. And this is one where particularly with the more narrow realms that I'm not as up on, like, let's say there's some HFC thing going on, you know, hydrofluorocarbons, I believe it is like that's that's a case where I think it would be really helpful to have somebody articulate a good positive policy. Related to that, and broader than that, actually, the highest level is you want a positive vision. So thinking about what do we actually stand for? So, you know, I have this refrain, I don't want to save the planet from human beings, I want to improve the planet for human beings. I talk a lot about global human flourishing, or free and flourishing America. Um, and then the other two are, so one is methodological clarification. And so you, when I talk about like looking at the benefits and side effects and carefully weighing them, like anytime we make a methodological clarification, here's how to think about it better. I think that can be very uh, powerful. I do this a lot. And um, so you've probably heard me do that quite a bit. And then the other thing is the contrarian evaluation. So this is having some current policy or approach and you have a very contrarian evaluation because you have different understanding of the facts and usually a different moral framework. So this is one on divesting from fossil fuels, you know, the ESG movement, you know, America is not being a leader, we're being a sucker. Um, you know, this, this one on jobs, the administration's policies by shifting us from productive America-centered energy production to unproductive China-centered energy production would be the largest destroyer of productive jobs in American history. It is not a green jobs policy, it's a green joblessness policy. It's again, a total contrarian valuation, which is very different from what often happens, I think. Uh, I don't want to pick on anyone in particular, but I see if some, some industry groups will sometimes see where it's just, there's not a contrarian evaluation so much as just a, like, a mild criticism. Oh, just like, oh, it's wrong in this way and it's wrong in this way. And I, I don't really have patience for that right now because this is a movement, an incredibly destructive movement, the anti-fossil fuel movement. And so if we're just nitpicking with things, 
there's something very off in our thinking. Um, and so the ones in blue are the ones I think I could use most of, particularly in regard to new uh, developments. So I'll just compress these so you can see them. Positive so the positive policies, the contrarian evaluation, and then especially probably most of all the stories and then also the power facts. All right, I hope you enjoyed those portions from my Energy Champions uh, presentation. Just a reminder to join Energy Champions, you just have to be an Energy Champion, which means five or more hours a week promoting energy and energy freedom. And just email me, alex at alexsipstein.com, subject energy champions with a few sentences on sort of what you do as an energy champion and then why you'd like to join. Uh, speaking of energy champions, as a broader category, uh, the website energytalkingpoints.com is always a resource I recommend, but I particularly recommend it right now because it has a whole new search capability. You can just go to energytalkingpoints.com. Uh, search any topic you can imagine, and then it'll immediately bring up every single talking point that I've created that's on the site about that topic. So I think this will make the website way more interesting, way, way more useful. So please use it yourself and also encourage others to use it. Very easy to remember, just energytalkingpoints.com. Uh, okay, a couple of other updates. Uh, I continue to do final editing on Fossil Future. I had a big deadline on August 4th that I met. My next big deadline is September 16th, at which point the book goes to layout and then only minor changes happen after that. The release date is February 22nd, 2022, working on finalizing the cover. And once that's done, the book will be available on Amazon. Uh, my voice is fading, so just a couple of the usual announcements. If you have any questions, comments, love mail, or hate mail, email me at alex at alexepstein.com. Sign up for the newsletter at alexepsteinlist.com. Uh, to support my efforts, you can become an accelerator. Go to industrialprogress.com slash accelerate. Uh, and also, uh, the world is sort of opening up, uh, and I've been doing a bunch of speaking, and I'm going to do some speaking, so I have an upcoming event uh, the annual Ayn Rand Institute conference I'm speaking at at Austin, the end of August uh, and early September. I'm doing two events there. And I'm also doing an appearance for uh, Energy Strong in Colorado on September 16th. So I'm not even giving a speech. I guess I might make a few remarks, but I'm mainly like, I don't know what it is, kissing babies, signing books and that kind of thing. So that should be really fun. I like that group uh, Energy Strong uh, a lot. And I have a bunch of other events uh, planned for later this year and early next year. So if you want to book me, you can just email me directly and tell me what you are thinking, alex at alexepstein.com. All right, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll be back in two weeks. Until then, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been Power Hour. Power Hour. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of energy. Power Hour, the antidote to shallow thinking about energy issues.